So if we're recording a car podcast, how do yeah. we start this off? What are you drinking, Jordan? I am drinking, for I think every time we've recorded this thing so far, I've been drinking dr- green drinks <laughs> by Triple Crossing because I bought a bunch of it. And this is my last one, so next time I will not have this. I don't think. But, uh, yeah, Green Dreams Double IPA by Triple Crossing. What you got? The Licking Hole Creek Nine Mile uh, IPA. It's uh, pretty tasty. It is. It, pretty tasty. I, I think, I think uh, Steve brought this over last time. That one, some IPAs have, I, I don't know if it's like a certain kind of hop. Hops? Mm-hmm. Hop? Whatever. Hop. Is it hop singular? I say plural. Yeah. A certain kind it's of hops. It's not hops. hopses. <laughs> you're, you're, now you're right. <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. <laughs> I I think I'm allergic to certain kinds of hops because like in certain it's not all IPAs but certain IPAs will make me sneeze. And I'm drinking this delicious glass of H2O, which uh, I don't really need to describe what it tastes like. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, pretty smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Got a nice body to it. Pretty uh pretty lack thereof as far as aftertaste goes pretty dank mouthfeel but honestly it's my absolute favorite drink in the world i drink more yeah. water than anything did you introduce yourself oh uh, no i have not um my name is steve Gwynn. i'm not really too special at anything but <laughs> that's a lie <laughs> <laughs> but um i'm into cars that's probably my number one passion mm-hmm. dabbling a bunch of other little things here and there what got yeah. you into cars? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't, I don't know. My my parents were always kind of into it. I mean, not 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 as much as us, but we were always known from my little town of having the nicer cars in the neighborhood, like from a I mean just middle class town of three thousand people. Not even middle class. I'd say lower middle class, maybe. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no such thing as a, a Porsche or a Ferrari in that neighborhood. Sure. No such thing. It doesn't exist. But being um, Chevy fans, every vehicle that my parents have ever owned has been an SS, other than a truck. Mm. My dad still has an 84 Monte Carlo SS. Sweet. He rarely drives it, but every other car I've ever known has been an SS. Um, we had a, a Lumina, but it since they didn't make a Lumina SS, we had a Lumina Z34. Yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar with Luminas. Which was actually when my mom got a new Monte Carlo SS, which was early, mid-2000s, I want to say, that car, the Lumina, was handed down to me. So that was mm. technically my first car. Not my first personal right. bought car, right? but my first car I drove around. Mm-hmm. That, that was the same for me. I had a 91 or 93 Chevy Lumina. It wasn't a Z34 or anything. Mm-hmm. But it was a glorious boat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> back when I didn't know anything about cars then, I was like, man, this handles so great. And my dad always told me it handled great. And I was like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a Z34. It's a special edition. Come to find out, I mean, the engine was pretty cool. It was. It, I um, Eventually, I put a... I, I, I riced it out a little bit. I mean, that's what, that's what you did back then. But I remember when we cut the mufflers off, when that thing was at, I think, high RPMs for that car was like, 6,000 maybe? Yeah. It sounded awesome. Mine didn't have a tag, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds right, though. But, yeah, and then right around maybe a year or two after I started driving, that's when Fast and the Furious came out. Yep. And that's 
what set you know the standard for the I guess the following generation probably sure. to this day yeah yeah definitely that's what's been a common theme of among the people that mm-hmm. yeah been here and talked is that they really owe a lot of their you know entrance into the car world to yeah. to the to those movies and yeah. um <clears throat> it was that and uh gone in 60 seconds for me uh-huh. the nicholas cage mm-hmm. gone in 60 seconds that yeah. movie was just i loved it yep i loved it I, I think another reason that i got into cars is because my my whole my family owned a garage this is little my extended family my uncle and my grandpa they have had this you know dinky little garage but he, he had all the tools and a couple old school lifts and that's what they did but my dad I don't know how but he knows a little bit about everything it's mm-hmm. amazing I don't know if it's an Asian trait I'm half Vietnamese by the way my dad's full Vietnamese yeah. but he knows how to do just about everything and it's amazing and it's something that's always impressed me mm-hmm. and he's very DIY he's so proud of himself he doesn't like to pay anybody to do anything so growing up, he did everything. And me watching that, always fixing cars, working on them, cleaning them, just taking care of your vehicles. It's kind of, it's kind of just been ingrained in my head. So I think between those few things, that's probably how I got into cars in general. My dad used to be that way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think by the time I was born, he had graduated to being able to pay somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I mean, he built his first house. Yeah. So it was like, you know, went, went from that to, you know, yeah. paying somebody to come replace an outlet for him or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so I don't hold it against him at all. I mean, yeah. you know, I do the same thing. But, like, it never, like, I never fixed a car with him growing up or, mm-hmm. you, know, what, you know, anything like that. So Yeah. yeah. My parents have gotten to be kind of like that now. But it's basically, basically because they're older. They're both retired. right. right. I think my dad's 64 mm-hmm. this year, so that's just part of what happens with age, I guess. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. But it's, it's, the passion's still there for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll, I'm, it's one of those things that it never really leaves you. I mean, I, right. I've only met him a couple of times, even just talking to him, like, at your house, like, when you have, like, a get-together or something, like, every time you bring, like, car stuff up, his eyes just light up, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. he starts talking. Yeah, you can. He's definitely still like into it. <laughs> I remember when I had one time. I was just so impressed with him. Is he'd never had a, really dealt with much fuel injection or turbochargers or anything like that. But when I got my Talon, my '96 TSI all-wheel drive, first thing I wanted to do was put a blow-up valve on it. Of just course, because you had to have that sound every time I shifted. And me being kind of a dummy, I just had it venting to atmosphere, which mm-hmm. no tuning, no nothing, is not good, you know. <laughs> so your engine runs really rich. And me, I, I didn't, didn't know shit at the right. time. But my dad walked up to the back of the car and he saw the exhaust tips were just black. And he immediately told me, he's like, when you shift, you're letting all that air go right out. So you're running super rich. He goes, you shouldn't do that. And I was like, whatever. And I never really... Never really took his advice into consideration. He's just he just went along with like, all right, do whatever you want. And it was maybe a year or so later when, after owning the car and researching it and you know becoming more intelligent about the car in general, I was like, son of a bitch, he was right <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
and like I said, he never had a turbocharger on a vehicle, anything right. like that. It's just the the basic knowledge, just yeah. kind of knowing things like that, it's always impressed me. Yep. I mean, even when you're just doing old school carb tuning, you're just tweaking air fuel ratios. It's still yeah. the ba- same basic idea. Mm-hmm. I think carburetors are so cool, and I have no idea how they work. I mean, <laughs> from yeah. a very rudimentary place, I understand, but. If I was going to adjust a carb, I wouldn't have a clue. I, I couldn't adjust a carb on a lawnmower. Nope. You probably can't, actually, for, for <laughs> yeah. the most part. But, you know, because you're not exactly changing altitudes very often with True. your lawnmower. <laughs> it's, a, it's a heck of a hill you got in your yard there, buddy. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you, you, had, you had a talent, and that's when we met you. Yeah. Is when you were driving that, that talent. Yep. Um, and I have... Very fond memories of oogling over your engine bay and how yeah. immaculately clean it was, and Everything just the whole car in general was so was shiny, very, was so shiny and so beautiful. Um, and that was again, you know, Fast and the Furious influences a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but anyway, clean. It was so yeah. well done. It was. It was super clean. Well, that that comes after my full rice generation. I sure. Say, didn't right. you have another yeah. one first? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the first, my first car I ever really bought myself was a 95 Eclipse, an RS base mm-hmm. model. I think I got it for 2000 bucks. Mm-hmm. It had well over 100000 on it. Yeah. And I riced the crap out of it. Back then, I mean, that's just what you did. And it was, it was damn cool. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after I drove it and kept fixing it and just doing things the terrible way, there was a guy in the neighborhood that had a a Talon, a turbo mm-hmm. all-wheel drive, that was just done so cleanly mm-hmm. and so well that it always impressed me. And that, So I, I, I transitioned from that ricer period to like the, the clean, well-done period relatively quickly. Yeah. And when, um, when I decided I wanted more, that's, that's kind of when I decided I'd sell the the 95 Eclipse, and that's when I got the talent. I knew right then I was going to try and do things right mm-hmm. and cleanly mm-hmm. and keep it that way. And part of what scared me, too, is I knew those cars were prone to the... Um... The floorboards falling out? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, the, the six-bolt crank. What happened? Oh, the crank, crank walk. walk. Crank yeah. walk, yeah. So I knew that car was prone to it, so I, I never beat on it. I... Took it really gingerly. I, I never autocrossed or anything. It was mm-hmm. basically a show car that I dailyed for yeah. the most part. Yeah. And I don't really know what happened with that car. It um. It just cut out one me, on me one day, and I could never figure out why. And then it started to tick, and I I don't I don't really really know. But at the time, that's when my um my health problems, my knees yeah. gave out, mm-hmm. and I I. Couldn't fix it. Mm-hmm. So um, my dad took it back up to New York. And I think he, I think we kind of narrowed it down to maybe a head gasket. So we changed the head gasket on it. Mm-hmm. And the ticking just wouldn't go away. <clears throat> and that's when I decided it was up in New York that I was just, just going to sell it. I think I ended up selling it for like 2500 bucks, mm-hmm. Which the parts on it alone were... You know, at least equivalent to that. Yeah. And I know the guy that bought it, and I know he did tear into the engine, found that uh, one of the bearings had spun or 
died or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea what happened to it after that. Mm. And then I bought the S2000, which currently resides in my garage without an engine. Yeah. That's a shame. So, uh, that was, I was going to get there, but... Uh, That's such an tell unusual... Us, tell us about that, that car and... Um, your history with it and uh, why you love it so much. So I, I don't know why I'd, I drove front wheel drive, then I drove all wheel drive, and then I knew I just wanted to try rear wheel drive. Sure. Not to be a drifter or anything like that. You're I just right, wanted right. To, wanted to try it, and so I I started researching different ones, different rear wheel drive cars, and I kind of narrowed it down to the 350Z or the the S2000. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like BMW Z4s too, but they were just a little out of my price range sure. at the time. And I remember specifically coming to Starbucks and talking to you guys, and I was like, what do you guys know about S2000s? And you in particular, you were like, they're pretty awesome. They are yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and They hold their value really, really well. <laughs> and so as soon as you said that, I, I did some more researching and then found out that as far as a, on a track... Mm-hmm. The S2000 is kind of the way to go. It's mm-hmm. it's lighter, nimbler, and so that's when I started looking, and I found one at my local BMW dealership. Thirty thousand okay. miles. It's been, I mean, it wasn't even broken. Yeah. And um, I bought it. Well, let's go, let's go back to the test drive first. I, I jumped in the car and drove, and I remember the first corner, literally the first corner that was an on ramp to the highway. Uh-huh. The way it felt, I knew right then. I was like, I'm buying this car. Just. Uh-huh. The way it planted yeah. and went around. That wasn't even going fast. Yeah. But I knew right then. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Mm-hmm. And so I bought it. Uh, did some mods to it. Nothing crazy. Um, the first thing, I think, was suspension. Then wheels. Then I put, what, like, a fake roll bar. Not, like, a track-prepped roll bar. Because I knew I'd never actually track it. Right. You just wanted something, a little little extra something. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a bad roll bar. It just wasn't the best roll right, bar. Right, right. I have it's seen not... so much worse. Yeah, it's... I'd, I'd say probably the biggest difference is that it's bolted together. Mm-hmm. Right, instead of welded. Sure. But it's not like sticky taped on. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like... Yeah. like it, it's bars. actually... It's actually... And it's got multiple points where it attaches, not just mm-hmm. like a two-point, like the little chrome yeah. ones. Those yeah. are those are dumb. Yeah, the two rear ones go back through where the convertible top kind of sits mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the trunk area, mm-hmm. and the two forward mounts go right behind the driver's seats. Mm-hmm. Very similar to a Miata, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And then small basic mods like strut bars intakes things like that and then the last big one i did was the hard top mm-hmm. which i I'd, I'd always wanted it yeah I'd, i didn't buy the s2000 because it was convertible at all it just happened to be a convertible i didn't yeah i never really cared about it mm-hmm. but the hard top i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna buy the hard top and i'll get the quick release latches that way it's easier to take on and take off I've never once taken the hard top off after putting it on. <laughs> really? No. I don't intend to. I I bought, I, I, it's a very similar reason. I bought a Miata just because it, I loved it and it was a great mm-hmm. car, not necessarily because it was convertible. Yeah. You know, my, I had very, I, have, I still have very fond memories of my brother having a Miata and he, you know, riding around in it and it was a lot of fun. And, yeah. um, but anyways, uh, I had, I, you know, and I, I had the hard top as well and, um, 
I thought about bolting it on, and then like, then like that summer or whatever rolled around and. I started riding around without a top on, and it was just the most glorious thing in the world. And I just absolutely fell in love with yeah. not having a roof on my car. Yeah. So now I want a car with like no roof, no doors, <laughs> no like you know, no windshield, yeah, it's just, yeah. just nothing. Like yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> I mean, don't get me wrong; it's 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 really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One thing I noticed almost immediately is the different smells and things that mm-hmm. I would smell driving around yeah. that you don't normally get when uh-huh. you're in an enclosed. Yeah. Vehicle. One of one of my favorite things is uh, the Miata. Um, I had uh, the package. I forget the name of right now. The B plus or whatever package it was called that had headrest speakers. Right, so you could kind of hear mm-hmm. the radio, you know, when you're driving. But if you've got the top down, you know, on the highway and you're doing more than like sixty miles an hour. There, you, there's nothing. Yeah. Like, you, there's no way you're going to hear anything but, like, the fact that there is music on, right? And so I, I would just, I you know, turn the radio on and whatever played, played, right? Mm-hmm. So I had this, <laughs> I can't, I was driving up 288 and I got off on Broad Street going uh, east and got to that first traffic light right in Innsbruck and at that point slowed down enough to hear the music and I had ha- apparently had it turned up really loud. What? And it's really nice. Everybody's got their windows down. Well, I pull up listening to Britney Spears. (laughs) 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 Just had absolutely no idea. (laughs) That was. uh, I got a bunch of funny looks from people in my in my bright red Miata with, you know, no roof. And you ever drove in the rain with the top down? Um. Okay. (laughs) Yes and no. Um. One time we were at Starbucks. Um. And my. I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before. Both of my Miatas, both of them, I have ripped the uh, the plastic window in the soft top. Mm-hmm. Two totally different reasons, but any but when that happened, it's like essentially useless now. So I just pull it all the way out yeah. and just run with the hard top, right? So it's a gamble every time you go out if you're going to take the hard top off. Like you, mm-hmm. you you don't have an option for closing the car back up, yeah. right? So. We were at Starbucks one time, and uh, you know I was I ch- I would check the weather or check the radar and that sort of thing, and then um, and then make my decision. Well, I I told my mom the, living at my parents' house at the time, I was like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna leave the hard top in the garage. Um, I'm gonna go out to Starbucks without the top on, um, and so I you know pulled the cars around so I could you know put the hard top in. Anyways, drove out to Starbucks, which is. But, uh, east of my parents' house, right? You know, we had a great time doing our, our normal thing out there, meeting and greeting and whatever. And then, like, right as it's winding down, my mom calls me and says, Hey, are you still at Starbucks? Like, yes. And she's like, okay, well, it's like torrential downpour lightning storm here right now. And it's coming your way. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> I, I don't have anywhere to go. Like, so I, I, um, I called... Uh, I called Shannon, uh, who lives up just up the road from here, you know, and was like, I'm coming to your house. I don't have anywhere else. I don't know anybody with a garage between here and and somewhere where I can get safely, right? But you have a garage. So I, I got in the car and flew up the road, and it, like, I made it to her house, like, just as it was starting to rain. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, she was in her car 
with a tarp, like ready to come, like save me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but I, I, I pulled. I mean, I pulled into their garage, getting wet, essentially. Mm-hmm. But um, that was that was the only time I've ever heard, like driven it in the rain or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Um, I have heard stories about people doing that, um, and I know that for the most part, if you go the right speed, it will just go right over top. That's Ex- what I was trying to get at. Except for I don't I don't know if the S two thousand does this, but there's a if you don't have a soft top, like if that space is in mm-hmm. the deck isn't taken up by something, mm-hmm. you get turbulence in there. Oh. And okay. so I had a, I had the roll bar at mm-hmm. the time, you know, and you'd get this pocket of like air that would basically there'd be this turbulence in that deck space and then the air would come forward through the roll bar and like hit you in the back of the head basically. Oh, right. And so if you drive in the rain with the setup that I have mm-hmm. It like it it goes over the car, but then comes back in, and like you get the back of your head all wet, and back of the seat yeah. all wet, and everything like that. So, um, I know lots of guys that did like built plexiglass like paneling to go behind <laughs> there just for that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, that's that's how I was getting at because I've I've been caught in the rain before driving slow, and mm-hmm. you, you just get wet. I've never been actually poured on, but right. I, I yeah. had the convertible, so I yeah. can just put it up if I need to. Mm-hmm. But there has been once or twice I was driving on the highway and it started to rain and the rain just goes right around. You. Yeah, it's so cool. yeah, it's, everyone it's thinks really you're awesome. crazy when you're sitting there being completely dry. Yeah, yeah. you have your windshield wipers on. <laughs> I, I've done that in the MR2 before. It's not obviously it's not a full mm-hmm. convertible, but I had the t tops off. Mm-hmm. And if you roll the windows up and go like allegedly 80, 85 miles an hour, somewhere in Mexico, somewhere in Mexico <laughs> on a close course. Uh, you can you can get the rain to kind of go over it mostly, yeah. um, except where the windshield wipers push it up onto the side of the windshield. <laughs> it runs, it goes, it goes up, up the windshield, down. and then where that corner where the the side window meets the top corner of the windshield, yeah. it goes straight into your eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that wasn't great. It's similar in the Miata. It doesn't go into your eyes, but that point is always the point in everybody's Miata that leaks. Because yeah. it just... That's where it all reason, goes. It all just goes to that corner in that spot. Mm-hmm. Does the MR2 ever have... Have you ever been in a, like a four-door vehicle and you put the rear windows down? I have not experienced that in that. I get it in the Matrix really bad. If I put the yeah. rear windows down in the Matrix, uh-huh. it, it reverberates really bad. But... The MR2, I've never gotten that. I guess because it's such a non-air, it's not really a very aerodynamic vehicle to begin with. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just is punching through the air anyway, so it doesn't gotcha. really matter. I know on the the second gen MR2s, they have these little they call them eyebrows that when you take the t tops off, they're like spring loaded and they pop up like little wind deflectors to push the air mm-hmm. up. A lot of sunroofs have that. Most sunroofs, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. have like a little flap yeah. as soon as it rolls back it goes. So, so the GTI um, has like one of the like the sunroof opening system is is the, a dial that you rotate, mm-hmm. and it has like maybe six or eight positions and mm-hmm. then full open, right? So you can you can open it you know like in increments of of you know an inch maybe or something like yeah. that. Does anyone actually open their sunroof like a little bit? I've never only opened my sunroof a little bit. It's either open but or do you, it's but do you have the option? Yeah, I can open it half. I can. I mean, it's a button, and I have to hold it down to open it. So right. it's essentially unlimited amounts of. Oh, positions. fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So, but anyways, so if you, if you go to the to the final, like it just matches whatever position, right? So you can just mm-hmm. rotate it all the way to the final position. It'll go all the way open. That's normally what I do, but it, it, so you go to that that spot, and then there's like a like spring loaded go past this position, which I don't really understand. Um, so it, it goes all the way all the way open in air quotes, 
Um, mm-hmm. And at that at that position, like I, oh, I might get this mixed up. At that position, like on the highway, there's no like it, you barely get any sort of like rever- reverberation or anything like mm-hmm. that. But if you open it all the way on the highway, right, you have like have to open the rear windows to get to get rid of that, right? Well, the all the way the all the way open position on at like surface street speed like 35 or whatever is perfect but the the air quotes full mm-hmm. open you know position at sur- surface street speeds is crazy reverb ridiculousness so it's yeah, like highway speeds no it's so the it's like it, it's it's really okay, weird. Uh, no i understand what you're yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's it's really bizarre and i don't understand why they do that but it's like it's like the the car is just the right shape for it to be terrible no matter what you do at some speed <laughs> right so it's like i don't i don't really understand and it's got like a, a nice lip thing that like comes up and it's pretty mm. substantial i feel like and yeah. uh, whatever it just <laughs> is wild but i barely ever use it anyways yeah um it's just like every time i every time i open this on there i'm like <sighs> Why don't I have a convertible? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I've never really been super stoked on sunroofs personally. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's something else that's gonna leak, and it's not like if you want an open top, just get a convertible yeah. or like a Targa or something. I don't I don't understand it until I get in a car with like mega big huge sunroof. Oh, like a like a full glass moonroof type. Yeah, like like a Kia Forte randomly they're like suv thing has this like double panoramic like amazingly huge like basically the entire roof is glass hmm. and it's it's unreal it's like how why like but it's, it's super nice and it opens and it's like a, it feels like it's like a six foot gap in the roof yeah. and it's it's really hmm. cool um or um tc's like, the old tc's yeah the old tc's uh land rover land rover discoveries mm-hmm. have like the big the big front one a smaller middle one and then like viewports for the third row yeah it's really weird um safari style yeah yeah and then uh the ford flex which ryan just bought he bought one yeah he got one good for him yeah so they have they have like those viewports with like sunshades for the 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 middle bench nice yeah pretty awesome pretty awesome vehicle i sat in it so, How much in, room is in there? In his driving position, I am very comfortable in the back seat yeah, behind him. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. That, that's a large vehicle. It's, it's very good. It's it's awesome. There's a lot of cargo space, and it's a it's like a like a medium charcoal. It's not like real dark, but it's it's like a darker gray. Mm. Um, and then the two tone interior, so the black. It's black up to like the bottoms of the pillars, and then tan up from there. Neat. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really rad. I like it a lot. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm a fan of those. Those are cool. And it's pretty comfortable, so... Yeah. Yes. As far as sunroofs go, too, when it comes to motorsports, they're a lot less lightweight if you don't have them. I, yeah. I know in the BMW community in particular, they're called slick tops mm-hmm. if you don't have one, and yeah. they're really sought after because I, I want to say that the... The sunroof cassette and the glass and everything all together is like 60 or 70 pounds. It's way up high in the chassis. Mm -hmm. So they they, they search for one without it. Plus, uh, if you're going to be doing it for motorsports stuff, it limits your headroom for your helmet Mm -hmm. because it cuts Mm -hmm. down on that by like two inches or something like that. Like, I know Pierce is struggling with that in his FC because he he doesn't want to get rid of the sunroof, but he's a a rather large man. 
And mm-hmm. I don't know how he's going to fit in there with the helmet. It'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah I miss autocross. Can't wait to do that again. But one, one I need a car, but two other interests have just popped up. But yeah, so back to the S2000. I was just driving along one day, and I noticed the, my oil light flickering. And this car has never had a check engine light, never had a single issue. I've had a battery die once. And how many miles are on it now? 65,000, something Mm. like that. Never dropped a drop of oil in its entire life. I mean, it's it's pretty much as clean as it comes. And the oil light flickered. And I was like, oh, damn, what's that? I don't know. And so I, I picked my kid up, and on the way home, I noticed it was starting to it was trying to die at lower RPMs. That's when the oil light was flickering. And so I, I was just hoping to make it home. But when I was driving, I, I could audibly hear that the exhaust note had changed. Mm. And I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I noticed VTEC wasn't engaging. Mm. And that's when I pulled it home. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's probably what it is. Is that's like the VTEC solenoid is, yeah. is just gone. Yeah. Because there's, um, there's a VTEC pressure switch on the head mm-hmm. and so that's that's what i figured it was so i did some research and a lot of people were like you gotta check this pull for look for bearing material and i was like no that's not me this car's fine it's been literally perfect its entire life mm-hmm. and um i was like you know what let me let me pull the vtex solenoid off and just take a look it only takes five minutes and so i i did i went over pulled it off and when you pull it off, there's this little screen to catch any debris or whatever. And as soon as I pulled it off, I looked and I saw little copper chips. And my heart sank. Mm-hmm. And I, I started literally shaking. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of when I knew. Because I'm, I'm not the first and I'm not the last to have this happen to him. Mm-hmm. And just researching on... Is it um, like certain years or production date range or something? I, I, I don't think so. Um... But what I checked when I got home is I was low on oil. Uh, and it's never dropped a, a bit of oil in its life. So right. all I can think of is that it was burning it, which that's not uncommon. Sure. In the, in, especially in the F20C engine. Sure. Um, but, I mean, so, so I guess it is my fault for not checking it more often. Mm-hmm. But I don't... I don't daily it a lot. The miles don't go up a lot, mm-hmm. and it's never dropped a bit of oil in its life. So I had no reason to suspect otherwise. Sure, sure. Especially at sixty thousand miles mm-hmm. or on a Honda. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So well, how how long have you had that car? Um. Damn close to ten years. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. 30,000 30, yeah, miles. Damn close. Years. Yeah. Um. So all I can think of is so I I. I Pulled the engine, disassembled everything, and the the, uh, the rod bearings were perfect. The the cylinder walls were perfect. But when I pulled the crank, there was considerable damage to the, the crank bearings. Hmm. How about the crank itself? Does the crank itself look okay? I I don't know enough to to know, but I had Billy come over and look at it, and he goes. I would say that looks okay. He goes, just a, a polish would probably clean that up. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know enough about machining to know if it was salvageable or not. I would say yes, 
but I, I don't know for sure. Um, but so yeah, it ended up being the crank bearings. So all I could think of is that it was burning oil real bad and I just neglected to, to check. Mm-hmm. And that's what caused, um, oil starvation the way I, the way I drive it. Cause I, yeah. I, I always corner it hard. Sure. So I'm thinking just oil starvation and that's how the, the crank bearings went. I think that's essentially what happened to my GTI. Really? Yeah. I, think. I thought it was a timing chain issue on your GTI. It's it's this it's the same thing. It's like the the the, the bit that changes that does the variable valve oh. adjustment mm-hmm. runs on oil pressure, and if you lose oil pressure, if you you know, at least this is how it was was explained to me. If you lose oil pressure, if you don't have enough oil or you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it just fails. And in that motor, when it fails. You bend all your valves. Your like essentially oh. your entire car is destroyed. What's that called? Interference. Inter- interference. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's Jesus. It, but it's just in the way that, that that particular part breaks. Like when that part breaks, it, like does, it breaks full open or it, something. Something like that, right? Well, mm-hmm. they they have since reversed that. So now when it breaks, like the I think the car just shuts off and like nothing runs, but your motor isn't hand grenaded and destroyed anymore. Mm-hmm. You know so. Uh, oh no! So what happens it, when it breaks is it spins somehow the intake intake valve intake cam mm-hmm. I think I think it's the intake cam. It's usually spins the cam. 180 degrees out of phase. Holy crap! Yeah, that's a really bad idea. Yeah, I, so <laughs> worst case scenario. That's really bad. And, and that's that's all the the Volkswagen two liter turbo motors. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a little bit of an oversight. Uh, y- you think? <laughs> so when when I had the GTI in the shop, they had four of those engines with that problem. Holy cow! In the shop, four of them: mm-hmm. two, two, two Audis and two Volkswagens. Man, um, yeah. Mine was the only manual, um, so it's not like it it affects one more than the other. You know, it's 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 um, uh, it, it's pretty universal. You know, or it, it, I I should say, it's not like it is a factor of the. Of the transmission that is behind the thing that mm-hmm. causes the problem, it seems to happen pretty universally. But um, but the interesting thing is with the they have they have done now two manual transmission jobs with this problem, and both of them also cracked rods. Wow! At the same time, they didn't see that mine cracked rods or cra- had a cracked rod at first um, until it started ticking like. Sixty miles later, or whatever. Right. So I, 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 and I told that story on the, I think on the first episode. But it was um, so they they ended up. Long story short, I paid for the the cylinder had to be replaced and the all you know the whole top end of the motor essentially, um, and ended up then getting a, a new to me used engine. Uh, out of the out of the entire deal, so did they change that pull, that time yes and, right so thing? so yeah so now that that part has been updated <laughs> okay. to the new part and uh, so if it happens again for some just crazy the reason tow bill I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's the it's the the triple A phone call and the the it's I mean it's probably still a three or four hundred dollar part or something like that yeah it's not a several thousand dollars yeah part. it's it's not multiple you know thousands of dollars so. Yeah. So you're sorry, I kind of hijacked your story a little bit. You're rebuilding your oh. S2000 engine, or yeah. So I, I just reassembled everything because I'm okay. gonna have um, with, with this engine in particular, I don't I don't trust just a normal machine sure. shop to take care sure. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to go to a specialist, and 
I think locally, well, somewhat locally, um, the best bet is there's a company out of, I think, Arlington, it's up, mm-hmm. up near D.C., called Inline Pro, where they, they specialize in inline engine, especially the, the F20C. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they they have F20s just for sale every now and then mm-hmm. for 3000 which I think wow. is great that's, that's a really good deal wow. for that motor, I think. That is yeah. shockingly cheap. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's hard for me to just drop three grand. Could sure, I? sure. Absolutely. But I have a, a family and sure. obligations that, you know, I, I could pull it out of my savings, but I don't want to do that. Sure. Especially when I have we have other vehicles to right. drive. It's mm-hmm. not, yeah, it's not your main so transportation. I, I called them and asked them. I was like, all right, so if it's 3000 for an, a new rebuilt rebuilt engine how much is it to rebuild mine because my car it's so mint there's so low miles Mm -hmm. really on the chassis and engine how much would it be to rebuild my engine Mm -hmm. they said same price three thousand but if the crank is gone then then it's an extra 500 Hmm. so i'm kind of surprised the crank is that cheap i thought so too yeah um that's interesting. So what, what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to have them rebuild my engine. Mm-hmm. That way, it's, does numbers matching matter? Not really, especially when I don't ever plan on selling the car. But you right. know that motor. But I know that was the one that came with it. It's just like, it makes me feel better. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to have done. And I've just been waiting the past four months or so trying to save up the cash to do it. And probably within the next few weeks, I'll, I'll have what I need to do it to mm-hmm. take take it up to them and find out whatever I need to put down mm-hmm. as a deposit for them to start doing the work. Right. And the other pain in the ass thing is it's not just the engine. My clutch is done too. Mm-hmm. So I need clutch, pressure plate, and throttle bearing, which mm-hmm. those three for the ones I want are about 800 bucks. Does it not come as like a, a full kit? Or do you have to you, you can, but the an annoying thing on early AP1 S2000s is this thing called clutch buzz. Okay. Which, when you're when, when you're downshifting or decelerating, the springs in the, the clutch, they shake, hmm. and it causes this really annoying buzzing sound, which I've just got used to it over the years, but they you can you can update it with a, a the newer Honda clutch packs, mm-hmm. prevent that. Mm-hmm. So I want to get that, but I want to get an, I think it's an ACT pressure plate. Mm-hmm. And an OE, OE throwout bearing. Mm-hmm. Because I've, just from researching, that's, that's the, best, the best thing going. Mm-hmm. And once I get all that, hopefully it'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. You know, aside from you know, gaskets and, and all that crap. You going to do anything else while the engine's up? I thought about it, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, Bump compression up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not even necessarily anything to the to to the engine itself. Just yeah. in general to the car. Um, it just seems like the opportunity is right. Right. You know. Right. The one thing that I did consider is another thing. I I, I doubt this caused any failure to the bearings, but in the AP one engines, there's oil squirters that shoot up into the mm-hmm. um, cylinder walls. Mm-hmm. And the banjo bolts for the squirters have one hole in the AP1s. Mm. But in the AP2 engines, they have the banjo bolts have two holes. So you get more flow. Yeah, so you get more flow. And I've heard for sure, if you're going to turbocharge, sure. you need to upgrade those sure. just because of the higher heat. Yeah. But in AP1s, as long as you're not you know, 
tracking constantly, you sh- you should mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. But while it's out, should I do that? Maybe. Are the bolts expensive? No. Then um, I would say you should probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and also if if um, going through them and having my engine rebuilt, I'll get a one year warranty. That mm, you know, just for a nice. little peace of mind. That's nice. So that's my story in the S2000. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it sounds like, at least because you were driving it, like, on the street, not too hard, and you, you kind of noticed it before it got too, too bad, Yeah, it probably didn't do as much damage as it could have. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I, I talked to you guys earlier about the, the transmission of the truck, mm-hmm. and I, I think for most normal people, it, they, they, they wouldn't think much about it. They're like, oh, I'll just drive around on it a little bit until I get it to the shop. Whereas us, we're more acutely aware of issues that are coming. Sure. And so I, I, I knew as soon as I got home, I was like, this is a this is a pretty big problem. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what it is yet, but I know it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I caught it in time where, you know, nothing got truly destroyed. For, for a good deal, they even said that I, they'd rebuild just the bottom end for $1,500. Mm. But, but I'd still have to get the, uh, the head rebuilt sent mm-hmm. out hot tank and clean because there's been metal all through it mm-hmm. yeah that's true and by the time that's all said and done after putting it back together plus the warranty involved i was like you know i'd, I'd feel safer just spending the money mm-hmm. sure it's it's, yep. it's a hard pill to swallow but it makes it is sense what it is. Yeah. yeah the only other thing i'd probably do to the car is i've always kind of like vented hoods on those cars not yes. the not like the, the there's two kinds there's the kind that just has like a vent kind of like kind of like billy yeah, like does, the, yeah, the 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 yeah. uh, oh god, what do you call that? It's like a vent that goes down by your radiator. Yeah, so yeah, all like the, behind your radiator. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. all of it escapes up and out the hood. Yeah, that's the kind I want. There's yeah. other kinds where they have like fish scales sort of going yeah. up the sides. I think is more decorative than anything. Sure, that's something I would like to do, but will I ever do it? I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I would put seats in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Some some good. Probably Sparkos. I think Ricardo pole positions are overpriced. But see, what's funny is so many people like go like seek out stock S two thousand seats because they're so yeah. awesome. Yeah. And you're like, ah, yeah. I need something better. <laughs> I know, I know. I just do. I need something better. No, but that constant urge to right. keep modifying is always there. Sure, mm, sure. Okay, my other uh, thing I was going to bring up with this was. I'm not sure if you got it before the S2000 or if you got it while you had the S2000, but your E36 M3. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I forgot about that car. I, ha- I had it the entire time. Of course you did. That's, I what, I was, that's what I was kind of getting to. It was like the, the M3 versus the S2000 yeah. in your mind. So I, I had I had the S2000 and then I had a bike, a GSXR 600 And Mickey, my, uh, my wife had an E39 BMW, and with the kid, it just got too much of a hassle for me not having a car that could take the three of us. Right. If we went anywhere, it had to be her car. Right. And so after after he was about, probably about two years old, I sold the bike and wanted to get a car. I didn't really care four-door, two-door, whatever. I just wanted a, a car. With more than two seats. Yeah. Right. With, with a back seat. So... Being a car enthusiast, as always, and I had driven her E39, and it was such a nice driving car. It, it is. It's it's 
Her car on coilovers is the smoothest driving car on coilovers I've ever been in. It's phenomenal. So did I get the BMW bug? Yeah, totally. So I started looking into them, and um, I really liked E30s a lot. But the price of them is going up way more than they're worth. Mm-hmm. Just be, just because they're great handling cars and because Spec E30. And, and they're getting consumed by lemons and Spec yeah. E30 and stuff like that. Yeah. All, so the, all I, the cheap ones are gone. So my, my good friend Matt Davis, who was at the time working at Beamer Rescue, mm-hmm. was like, you know, you could, you could almost get an, uh, an E36 M3 for the price of a nice E30. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, all right. And so I, I thought about it here in a little bit. And then I, I realized that the E36 market had pretty much bottomed out. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew they weren't going to get any cheaper than that. Yeah. So that's when I, I knew that when I bought it, it wasn't going to be a forever car for me. Right. So I bought it with the intent to sell. So I, I tried to look for a decent condition one, you know, relatively cheap, because I knew they weren't going to get any cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so I, I bought mine. It was a 95 M3, 114,000 miles, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a great car. I put a suspension on it and wheels, but other than that, it was pretty much pretty much stock mm-hmm. and I know everybody raves about those cars and don't get me wrong it was a great car but it, it wasn't anything compared to my S2000 yeah. and it could come down to personal preference I'm sure, I'm sure it actually does in the long run yeah. but I just I, I wasn't overly impressed by it and mm-hmm. I love the S2000 the way it handles how yeah. how um, precise it is sure. if you move the steering yeah. wheel a little bit yeah. the car just darts that way right I I remember you t- you talking about the the M three and and comparing it to the S two thousand and 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 I I think the word you used was squishy. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> even even after the even after the suspension that you did, which was I helped you put on, but now I forget the yeah. It was just H and R H and R sports. H&R it wasn't coilovers or anything right, right, too okay. stiff. Um, but and I and I even I drove it after that too. I, mm. I drove it down the street to like a parts store run or something like that. Um, and I would agree with you. You know, I was ready to be impressed by that car, yeah. and it was just kind of okay. You know, what I mean, I, it's fast, obviously a lot faster than the Miata that I was driving at the time. You know, but uh, just not not the ultimate driving machine experience that I was really yeah. expecting. And yeah. I really love E36 in particular. Yeah. It's I, a, I think it's my possibly my favorite looking BMW I, after the E30. I would... I in. I think, I think it for me, it's better than the E30. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I also like the, the E46 also. The E46 also very, looks very good. Um, but I, like, like you said, I was, just, I was ready for it to be amazing. And it wasn't. So maybe that's an expectation thing versus, you know, yeah, reality. Sure. So uh, I, maybe I had just hyped it up in my head so much that... You guys know John Felton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's owned probably 10 of the damn things. Yeah. And I remember specifically talking to him about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember how the conversation went, but what he re- replied with, he goes, remember, first and foremost, BMW is kind of like a luxury company. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go backwards from there. Sure. Whereas compared with the S two thousand, it was designed to to be raw. Yeah. Which is so you're coming from yeah. kind of two different perspectives. Right. Right. And and one of my favorite descriptors of the S two thousand has is the word weaponized. weaponized. A, a car. <laughs> I don't remember who first said that to me, but like 
I it's it feels so true that it's just they built that car to do that particular thing, yeah. and they wanted to be the best. And I think that they, for the time in the market, you know, for yeah. that type of vehicle, I don't think anybody's ever done it better. I don't think anybody's done it better since. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. I'm saying. I don't I don't think anybody's ever done it better. I don't think anybody had done it that well up until mm-hmm. that point. And you know, it's probably what values are. Yep, are pretty it's consistent. Pretty the like, same. Do you want a, a reliable Japanese rear-wheel drive car that's not a Miata? That's your option. Yeah. That's the only the, the, other that's, thing. That's you know, well, I, I guess they they've continued to build Miatas, so there are newer Miatas. But yeah. yeah. I when whenever anybody says Miata, it's only the NA. Right. Like that's literally <laughs> the only Miata yeah, in my mind. <laughs> it always well, takes me a second like, to remember that. Oh wait, there's other ones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm not saying that to like you know crap all over the Miata because I think the ND, especially the 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 rev up version of the ND, the newest. Yeah, yeah it's really nice. And like the yeah. the in 2019, I think they started making the the engine is it revs higher and has like 30 more horsepower. It's like a much more sporty engine, yeah. and it's a great car. But I still think the S2000 was, if you're like if you want to go fast ish in that relative price range i think the s2000 is still a better car than even like the new miata as far as like performance goes another pretty strong contender is the uh um the new 86s or the gt86 that chassis I, a lot of people have tried to compare it and i've never spent significant time in one of the newer ones but they say it's still just different the drive Everything I've heard, I've never driven one because I'm poor, but from everything I've heard, the driving dynamics are amazing, mm-hmm. but the engine is an absolute pile of garbage. Like, they're not reliable. They break all the time. I like, I'm, when, when I was working at Toyota, um, we had them coming in all the time for, like, the dumbest stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, that just shouldn't be breaking on a thing that has a Toyota-related badge on it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, Speaking of that, I wonder how the new Supras are going to do as far as reliability. <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to bring up a, a taboo yeah, subject yeah. with Mr. Toyota here in the room, but... It's not a Toyota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I, I, I totally get both ends of the spectrum, but... I'm glad that it exists. Yeah. But it shouldn't be a Toyota Supra. I, I totally I totally agree. I think it's going to be an absolute awesome car, mm-hmm. yep. but it shouldn't be labeled a Supra if it's not Toyota's pinnacle what they really can produce i agree if you're comparing like the gtr mm-hmm. versus the supra which throughout their lineage have always, always been yeah you know eye to eye with each other now you take the current gtr and the new supra they're not even in the same realm to, to be fair the the r35 gtr went way up market compared to the previous generations right, right. so so we, we had this discussion on like the second or third episode of the podcast yeah. where Toyota could they had two options with what they could do for the Supra they could either make it like what they did like a fifty sixty thousand dollar car or they could make it a hundred thousand yeah. dollar car mm-hmm. so they obviously with a cheaper one which I'm all for because that means the prices are going to come down faster and maybe one day I could afford one if they end up not being terrible but just so, don't call it a Supra just don't call it a Supra yeah. Because it's like not the, a super. The concept yeah. that was like mm-hmm. the badass version of what actually was produced 
was bitchin' looking. I still, I actually like how it looks. Yeah. I don't mind it. I think it looks really yeah. good. I, I think as, as far as, like, car design goes, if a car drives down the street and you turn your head and look at it, you've, you've accomplished what you really needed to. The first time I see one on the street, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> like, I just am. When did but they come out? They're yeah. out now. I think. I, well, I think they're available for pre-order out now. I think, like... A, Test ones and press fleet has been out in California and stuff for a while, but I think they come for sale like late this year. I think I'm I'm not sure. Corey's but, been wanting to say something. I'm sorry. For no, like no, 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 no. <laughs> so I was I was gonna say essentially what you said was that they they could do they could have done one of two things: make a really expensive car, or make a not so expensive car, right? Um, and I I still think that they made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. I think that they should have done what Nissan did and look, built something ridiculous. Look at the success you know? of it. I know, I know, and I, but I honestly, I, I almost wonder if some part of it isn't, or some part of this decision didn't come down to that exact comparison. So yeah. they they realized that the the two, the two cars had been compared for their entire lives, yeah. and they wanted to try to do something different to be. You know, less associated with or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I I don't know. You know, we'll probably never know. But it's just an an interesting thought. So, but sorry, you you mentioned the um, turning your head to look at thing, uh, oh, that, and, that, and which is which is which is an excellent point. Excellent point. I almost broke my neck like three days ago on Midlothian because I saw one of the new Ford GTs. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. Holy wow. Those are, cow. That's a whole nother yeah. level of crazy. I know, I know. I know. Um, so, so I wanted to bring this up as a, as a topic and a, and, a, and a thought experiment. Is there is there a car, because I, I have very clear memories of this, that you always saw pictures or video of um, but never saw in real life, and then the first time you saw one in real life, it like blew your like the the actual physical proportions of the car blew your mind. Like you couldn't like you did you you thought it was going to be smaller, or you thought it was going to be bigger, or you know it was a lot wider than you thought, or or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because I very clearly remember the first time I saw a Ford GT back in like '05 or whatever when they first mm-hmm. brought them out. And I couldn't believe how low it was, yes, and yeah. how short it was, it's a real small and car. how like wide and long. Like, every, I think every proportion of that car, because I'd seen pictures, I'd seen video, yeah. I'd seen you know Clarkson drive one and, and talk about them, and, and mm-hmm. then I saw one again, probably on Midlothian, because I think you know Mister Sheehy or whatever, you know, always gets one at that Midlothian dealership. Yeah. Um, and I saw I saw one down there, and like it just like wrecked my brain because I didn't realize. Exactly what kind of proportions that car was going to have. That new Ford GT is yeah, but incredible. Yeah, incredible. That new car looks amazing. I can't say there's one car that stuck out in general, mm-hmm. but I feel like all supercars are like that, where you see pictures and when you see them in real life, they're much smaller mm-hmm. than you ever thought they were. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I remember the the first real car that kind of blew my mind when I saw it, not for comparison. But it was the first time I saw an NSX in real life, oh, yes. and it wasn't just a stock NSX. It was um, it was built by Science of Speed. Okay, you know that that brand. I do not. They, they specialize in well, well, I don't know anymore, but definitely used to be NSX and S two thousands. But I mean, all carbon and you know the big wing. And where I grew up was close to Watkins Glen, 
so they were having an event there. So it was full track prepped. And I just saw it sitting in a hotel parking lot. And being from the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Yeah, right. You don't see those cars. And yeah. I saw it, and I lost my shit. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Just the, the vents on the sides and everything. I just, I'd never seen anything like it in person. Yeah. I, I, don't have, I have one story about a supercar that, that really immediately comes to mind. But there was... My, my grandparents live in Clearwater, Florida... And there's a Rolls Royce dealership that's kind of close, like not terribly far from where they live. Um, and I would, I remember when I was like a teenager, I would want my parents to like drive me out there with, so I could just take pictures of the cars in the parking lot. And they would always have, I remember they had like a Ferrari, uh, it was a red Ferrari 355 Spider that I just thought was the coolest thing. And they had a, a silver Lamborghini Diablo. And that that car, oh, man, man, that car has such presence to it. Mm-hmm. But the the craziest thing I remember, like completely flipping out over, and everyone around me was just like, "What is going on with this dude?" I was on a bus on a uh, my the marching band in high school went to be in the London New Year's Day parade in like two thousand four. That's cool. So we were in London, and I was on a bus full of band kids, and across so we were on the bus, <laughs> and across the street in some like like storefront type thing behind the big windows on a rotating plinth was a McLaren F1. And it's the mm. only time oh, I've ever seen man. one. It was from across the street, through I... the bus window, through the store window. And I, I was I was like I... going insane and everyone on the bus thought I was crazy. But man, that that was really cool. That's the, the closest I've ever come to that car. You know, the whole hypothetical, if you had one car... Oh, the F1's the best car, car ever. Absolutely, F1. 100%. And following that for me would be the P1. The, the F40. The F1 over the Ferrari F40? I'd take an F1 over an F40. Would you? I would. All right. Although I, I freaking love the F40. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I'd take a P1 over an F40. I would not. That's just I, just, I, just, I just love how, the, how they look. The I McLaren guess. 720 is a faster car than the P1. I... Something from what I understand. I've, I've heard about that. Or at least with a, with a tune. With a tune, the McLaren 720 is faster than a P1. They are they are unbelievably fast yeah, cars. I, is that the McLaren that they do they'll do like highway poles against bikes and they just pull away from I'm sure. and everything. They I'm just sure. they just just walk them. Yeah. They're they're crazy. All the all the new McLarens visually look very similar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the 720 is a bit different. There was one at Cars and Coffee the last time I was there, yeah. which was pretty cool. But like, it, I thought it was funny. I was like walking down, and all like the really high dollar stuff was all parked together, and I just walked right past and went over to this Previa that was covered in anime stickers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, I think on one of the first episodes we talked about um, the episode of Top, not Top Gear, Grand Tour, with the new McLaren, the Senna. Yeah, I think it's a hideous car. It's it's not good looking. Yeah, okay, at all. <laughs> it looks like let's, an electric shaver. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. However, it's probably going to be one of the greatest driving cars of all time. Probably, yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was unbelievable on the show. So fast. I just I just was on the Wikipedia's. Mm-hmm. Would you like to take a guess at the curb weight of that car? Three thousand pounds. You're on the dot. Exactly three thousand pounds. Three thousand thirty pounds. Wow. I like that. That's, That's pretty light for these days. 
Uh, I'm gonna look up the curb weight for an Enzo because I remember the Enzo being super crazy and it was also my dinky little S2000 is 2800. That seems like a lot for a McLaren. I don't mm. know why. Just for for a modern car, I, especially one with like I, a twin turbo V8. That's got to be a I, relatively heavy motor. I got you. I'm just. It, it, I I was expecting, you know, twenty eight, twenty six, something like that. Mm-hmm. Three thousand thirty. The curb weight, anyways. The Ferrari Enzo curb weight is three thousand nine pounds. Well, like and everyone back in the day said it was a heavy car. Hmm. Even though it's made entirely out of carbon and Kevlar. Right. <laughs> like, that car, I remember, I think that's the first car that ever, like, like hit me super hard with just, like, how amazing it looks. Yeah. Like, I never really liked the Enzo. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, it looked like it had jet engine scoops down under the front. It's so cool. Have you guys ever been inside, like, a, a Rolls or anything like that? I... I have not. No. The the closest thing that I can claim is um, is actually an Equus. Ooh. When they first came I don't out. Know what that is. Hyundai. Hyundai. Equus. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those I are cool. I like. I didn't them know they lot. actually existed. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, seen them now and then. Uh-huh. Um, when when my mom was looking at her Volvo uh, or looking to buy a new vehicle around that time, uh, we went to a bunch of different places, and one of the places we went was uh, Pearson Hyundai. So yeah, I, you just mentioned uh, Rolls Royce dealership earlier. Yeah, when, when you guys yeah, did, yeah. and I've I've never been inside one, Mm-mm. but it's it's strange how you can see a car coming down the road, and before you even kind of register what it is, you're like, what is that? Like, that something looks special. Nice. Yeah, you know it's special, and then you look and you're like, oh, it's a Bentley or a Rolls or something like that, and it's it's so interesting. You can tell. Like the quality or the luxury, luxuriousness mm-hmm. is that a word? Luxuriousness. Yeah. It is now. You can you can tell that just by looking at it. Say you didn't even know what brand it was, and you can take the most immaculate, you know, like the Chrysler three hundred. You can take the most immaculate one, clean it like professionally detailed, put it next to one. It's just different. It looks like a nice car until you put it next to like a Rolls. A nice and, car. It's, it's I, just have, I have the Cat tell. Williams sketch going through my yeah. head. I know you do. <laughs> so Cat Williams talks about. Um, he said, um, "Is that the guy that dresses like a little pimp?" Yeah, yes. yeah. I haven't heard anything from him in a long time. It's probably because he's been in and out of jail. Oh, yeah. He said, um, "He said people people bought bought the Chrysler 300 because it looks like a Phantom, right?" And uh, and then he like um, kind of makes fun of him, and he goes, "The fucked up part is it do look like a Phantom." Until a phantom pull up. <laughs> like, like he was in a red light and a phantom pulls up. Man, get me out of here. We gotta go. I don't even want to be on this street. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I mean, like, you, you, really see one, you see one and it's like, is that? No. <laughs> is that? No. <laughs> the, the, how, the guy uh, that just moved in a couple houses over from here has like an old, like I want to say 80s Rolls Royce. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. The Silver it, Shadow or something like yeah, that? Something yeah, something like that. It's, it, it's pretty, it's, I mean it looks just like a new Rolls Royce because sure. they look the same. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty cool. What, what's the value on, say, a 15-year-old Rolls go for? They depreciate know. really fast. Do they? Yeah. I know you can get like it. Well, fifteen year old, I don't know, but I know you can pick up like an eighties Bentley or Rolls Royce for sub ten grand. 
Wow. Yeah, because they are have fun fixing the problems mm. on that. <laughs> that reminds me of the the nicer BMWs. Yeah. Like um, even now the the E thirty nine M five. That's always what we go to because I think the E thirty nine M five is probably I think it's the best BMW ever made. But even pristine models, they go for probably twenty five ish. Because they all need right engines. But. That's like a $100,000 car when it was new. Yeah. And you can pick a beat up one for probably 10 grand. Yep. Because they're, they're, the amount of money it takes to fix the problems yeah. on that car is unbelievable. Cause it's yeah. a Formula One engine, basically. F1 derived. What's really cool is if you pull the, um, it's the intake plan amount, it looks like a bunch of uh, elbow macaroni. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the, um, the ITVs. Yeah, the, like the Venturis. Is that what they're called? I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it looks so cool. Velocity stacks. Velocity stacks, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, the LFA, if you pull off the, the intake manifold, looks the same way. Mm-hmm. It's, um... Is it better or worse than the same model, like, S-Class Mercedes? Because... I would say, the, specifically the E39 M5, I would say worse. Because yeah. that motor is so... It's 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 an F1 derived motor, so it's amazing when it works, but it very quickly doesn't work anymore and is unbelievably expensive to fix. Right, I more so than an S class, I would say. I just know that like the the S class with the crazy auto leveling suspension, like all of them just break. Yep, and it's like nine thousand dollars to like for like suspension work, and it's like, yeah. Is is there an easy way to distinguish Mercedes Benz cars? No. The badges on the back. I, I could not tell <laughs> yeah. you the difference yeah. between a C class, S class, G class, whatever. I don't even yeah. know what classes there are. Yeah. But I like BMW's they kind of easier. Sense. You know, three, four, five. I understand that. Yeah. But it, with Mercedes yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. No clue. No, it's really it. weird. I got passed by a um I should I should look up the name of the actual color. But I got passed by a new M three on on the bit of 195 where there's the accidents oh yes the ones that i take videos of <laughs> yeah, <constantly>. yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm in the transit and i see him coming and it's like this like matte blue-ish purpley color Ooh. oh my <laughs> god he went past and i was like yes <laughs> yes, yes <Lord>. jesus <laughs> it was so gorgeous that's awesome i should look up the name of the actual color but it was is incredible. it a is that a factory color on that card yeah okay I saw one of those crazy matte gray Hyundai, um, uh, uh, oh my god, the small little hatchback thing. Veloster, one of the, mm. the matte gray colors mm-hmm. of those you get. I don't know how you keep that thing clean, but it was pretty cool looking. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not sure about the Hyundai Veloster. Have it's, you, it's interesting. Have you seen the new Veloster N? No, never even heard of it. Okay, so they're... All the Velosters we've had so far are the first-gen Veloster. They're bringing mm-hmm. out a second-gen Veloster, which looks a little bit different, a little updated. It still has the two doors on one side, one door on the other side thing. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is kind of cool. Uh, it's all right. Um, they have an N version. So a lot. Hyundai has been hiring designers and engineers from other companies like crazy. So they hired like some of the engineers from the BMW M division and stuff like that to refine their driving dynamics. Mm-hmm. So now they have the N line of cars. So the Hyundai Veloster N basically comes from the factory with um, factory anti-lag. 
So, like, you can put it in, like, super sport mode, and it's just, like, blah, 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 like, shooting, like, popping and spitting yeah. and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, like, the, I think it's close to 300 horsepower, like, 270 Damn. or something like that. And you can, if you get the sport package, it comes with, like, a really nice uh, electronically controlled differential. Not, like, brake base, but mm-hmm. an actual differential. And apparently it is, like, righteous to drive. Yeah. And they're, like, $25,000. That's awesome. Yeah. And they come in basically golf livery blue, too, which mm-hmm. is awesome. But I, I would very much like to drive N? one of those. N. N? Not, not to be confused with BMW's M. Yeah. <laughs> or entirely to be confused with BMW's yeah. M. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've gotten pretty crazy with the whole M badge on things. Yeah. Well, they have for years. I mean, the M Sport. Even Mickey's, uh, Mickey's E39. I can't It's just a 528, but it's... It's got an M package, which mm-hmm. comes with. I think it's 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 better suspension, like a steering wheel and shift knob. It's all you know derived from M, but it's it's by no means an M. Right. But it's gotten even worse over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actual M cars, I feel like are so expensive now. I mean, I know yeah. BMW is an expensive brand to begin with. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't even know how much in like a brand new M3 goes for nowadays. But I think you're creeping up on like eighty. So yeah, you think? something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's just that's insane to me. My I boss don't... is a big BMW guy. He's been racing BMWs for a while and that sort of thing. And he has a um, yeah, gosh, a two door E ninety two or E ninety three or whatever uh, M three. Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. And he's got a um, his race car is um, wait, no, did I get that wrong? His race car is a is an E ninety two. And his his streetcar is the newer, the like the next one. The F, the F something. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Um, and he has a, a diesel X five as a tow vehicle, and it's awesome. <laughs> he says he says it's amazing. He says it's a better tow vehicle than his Tundra was. Yeah, I didn't even know they made they brought those here with a diesel motor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's got like the, I swear the tires are like this, are, you <laughs> yeah. know, like fourteen yeah. inches wide. It's amazing. I I want to say the original on my E thirty six M three the original sticker price was like thirty five thirty six, which is like what in, in 50, 90, in ninety five. Like yeah. yeah. So just for inflation, I don't know what that is, but I feel like I f- I feel like they've definitely gone up more in price. Sure. Sure. But they're, I mean, they're doing, they're packing more technology into those cars every, For sure. every time. For right? sure. I mean, like, it's not, you know, it's not like they're just, they've just been putting out the same car mm-hmm. every year and, you know, I, I do kind of wish that they didn't, um, how do I, what do I want to say? Have a stick up their butt about the M3 in particular, because like y- you could just build a faster car. You know what I mean? Like the the yeah. if you built a one series M, that's why the the one M is still they're as much now as they were when they were new, right? Because they made so few of them and they were great. If you if you built that car, like it would be faster than the M three. Yeah, and they they but they won't do that. The um, so like the... thirty five thousand dollars in nineteen ninety five is about fifty eight thousand dollars now. Yeah. Yeah. So if an e, if you know a new M three starts at like sixty sixty five that makes sense. Yeah, all right, that's fair. I forgot what I was just gonna say. What were you just talking about? 
the M1, the one. Oh yeah. Speaking, you can build a faster car mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. The um, like the one and the three series, they come with uh, the three. like a three thirty-five, yeah. which is a twin twin turbo V six. Straight six. Straight six. Straight six. Yeah. And with um, with the tune, I think it's I think the main they call it JB four, mm-hmm. but it's just a simple tune, and you're at like four hundred horsepower. Yep. And I think the biggest downside for those cars is the um, there's no LSD. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ugh. When when my dad was looking at buying one of the BMWs that he had, or I, he, so he he leased his cars, uh, mm-hmm. his BMWs, um, and so you know every three years or whatever he'd go for go for, you know trade it in get a new one essentially. Um, well, one time he was there looking at the BMW dealership and they had an older I I, I don't remember what model it was but an older M five. Or, or, or 5 Series that was, like, M'd out. Like the M Sport. I don't know that it was an actual M5, but it was that, like, it like looked nice and, you know, um, it was black on black, you know, tinted windows and stuff like that. And he, and he like, he was like, wow, that's actually, that's kind of cool. So he went over and looked at it. And it was a used car, uh, one of their, you know, certified used cars or whatever. Uh, he took it on a test drive, and he said it was the fastest thing he's ever been in. Like, it was unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, like... You know, they came, found out in talking to the salesperson that it had been modified in some way. The salesman didn't know, oh, right? Okay. He, but it, it had yeah. been it had been tuned, it had been modified, something, right? And I was like, "Oh, this is this is kind of awesome, actually." You know, it's it's a it's it's a generation back from the one that he had, but it was still mm-hmm. very comfortable, very awesome, you know. And so he got out, or he found he either there was a sticker, or he saw a paperwork, or something like that. Um, and I remember this very clearly. He called me to ask me about it. And he was like. Have you ever heard of this company, this BMW company, maybe called Dynan? Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> and he goes, what's that about? And I was like, why? And he told me the whole story, and um, I remember being on the phone and just being like, buy it, <laughs> do it. It's awesome, <laughs> right? So, but what happened was um, apparently that was a car that one of their one of their great customers brought in on trade, and you know was walked out with a new M3 or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and had made some special deal with the uh, the GSM, the general sales manager. Um, well, the the general sales manager wasn't there that week. He was like on vacation or something like that. And it just got missed mm-hmm. and got badge priced at like that normal, like no. what that car would have been normally, right? <laughs> and so and so, dad was like seriously thinking about it. And I was like, was like do it! Do it! Do it! Do it trying, for more. trying to force him into it. Uh, and then like, essentially, drug his, he drug his feet or something like that. And then the, the man, sales manager came back and was like, nope, like, like yeah. $10,000 more dollars or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it, it ended up going by the wayside. But it was like, this close, <laughs> inches, inches away from from a Dynan tuned five series, you know, man, in the driveway, which would have been. Are you guys aware amazing. of the, the seven series that just sold locally, the white one? No, is it the older one? Yeah, like the. Oh. I don't know seven series. I, I, I can't things. remember. It's either late nineties, early two thousands. Um, the one that has like an LS in it or something. No, no. So. It's kind of a strange, well, not a, kind of a longer story. Do you know um, the brown E39 Touring yes. had an LS? 
100%. The guy's name was Brandon. I think it's Brandon Miller. Brandon yeah, his something. dad has a whole bunch of Z cars. Yeah, yeah. So he sold he sold that one a while back, and he built this absolutely immaculate seven series. Um, pretty much his whole build theme behind it was if BMW built an M7. Mm. So we took an immaculate seven series, and took um, the engine out of an E39 M5, supercharged it, and put it in. And you, you guys, if you guys know the the brown touring car, you you know his attention to detail. It was that that car. It, that car made the rounds in the magazines too. I yeah. So so did so did this one. Wow. It um it was featured in a couple magazines and it just recently sold on Bring a Trailer for sixty eight thousand. I thought I recognized that car. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm. I imagine he's probably got at least that much into it. Yeah. He used to come out to Starbucks back in the day yeah. in a orange yep. Datsun five ten. Yep. Yeah. Huh. I remember that guy. I, cars are so I remember the Datsun. I do not remember his BMWs at oh, all. Uh, had he had that car for a long time? Because he he used to have a white. No, I it's thought. A different one. Okay, he had a, mm-hmm. a white one that he had put a big old turbo on. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was a five series. Was it? Yeah. Okay. That's that's when um, I think Cars and Coffee first started mm-hmm. getting bigger because he had that white one. Yep, I remember that car. I miss when Starbucks was big enough to bring out cool people like that. <laughs> like random yeah. stuff that we don't see very often. Yeah. There's still car meets out there. Yeah. Besides Cars and Coffee. But cars and Coffee is getting... Uh, I haven't... I can't tell you the last time I went. Apparently there's a lot of like... If you go on like their Facebook group, it's getting really like... Infighty and political and... Like between like... There's like factions of people in that group. And it's just like, yeah. wh- Why? Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. It's well, unfortunate. I, I thought that um, at one point they were the was it Kenny? Yeah, Kenny Holder was trying to. I don't know if he was trying to make a profit of it, but he was trying to turn it into this like a business kind, kind of, which I think is bigger than it really needs to be. And I mean, I, I understand that there might be incurred costs, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know everything about it. Per se, but I think some of the uh, the political yeah you know issues that have arisen have stemmed from that. And yeah, I I I was looking into it to kind of figure out what it was that he was trying to come up with, and it was like like a a yearly membership or something like that, which would get you like reserved spots and like a T shirt and some like other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, does do we need to have this at a place where I mean like people are bringing in like every two weeks half million dollar hypercars like do we really need to have that yeah every two weeks I mean I I could understand it's a once or twice a year thing like a like a big event Mm -hmm. where you know they do have like a a VIP show Mm -hmm. you know section Mm -hmm. yeah but he he was also trying to have a like a, a publication a magazine that went out kind of encompassing everything which I don't think is a bad idea but is it necessary it's, not, it's impossible really. to make a profit at that these days yeah just cause I mean you're gonna have everyone come up and post all the pictures from the from their own Instagram and stuff anyway so mm-hmm. if you wanna see what was there you just go on Instagram and look up the hashtags mm-hmm. I I think part of what has driven me away from cars and coffee is going to real motocross or motor vehicle events like autocross or mm-hmm. going to a track. Yeah. Or seeing actual cars doing something yeah. where it just 
it's just it's just different. I, I do I I don't appreciate yeah you know cars and coffee anything like a show is even any less, but it's just different. And I'd much rather go to so go someplace and watch a car drift around the track, create smoke, noise, the possibility of hitting a wall mm-hmm. or something like that, or just them just pedal to the floor, shooting for that time, mm-hmm. then walking around looking at a car with a toe up. I, I don't want to compare it to drifting or racing or anything like that, but that's the reason that we do our cruise twice a year is because like that mm-hmm. an event where we actually do something with our vehicles yeah. is way more important to us than than just going to another parking lot yeah. 100% and talking to the same people you know every mm-hmm. two weeks and you know seeing the guy that you know drives his quarter million dollar car from the garage to this yeah. mall parking lot you know and that's, that's all it ever does you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and not to say that the people that all, everybody that comes to Cars and Cameras is like, or excuse me, Cars and Cameras, Cars and Coffee is like that. It's also an appropriate name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I feel like the majority of people that go to those events are just, just there to, you know, look at the, at the art of the car, which, which is, and there's nothing wrong, is, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, not, right. not to, not to hate on it too hard. Like, I mean, it might yeah, not be like absolutely. our preferred thing, but it's definitely nothing wrong with it. And, I mean, I, I went a couple weeks ago, but like the previous time I went before that was probably back in like June or July, and it, so like I go a couple times a year, but that's yeah. about it. And the, I think the part of it that, I kind of the downfall of it is how much can your car change throughout right. a couple months? Yeah. yeah, not very much. So you you go to these things and you look at a car and you're like, oh cool. You come back and you look at it. It's basically going to be the same, right? Where if you go to a motorsports event, it's mm-hmm. it's it's ne- it's never the same thing. Right. Things really. are things are constantly changing. Yeah, right. I mean, and even the, even if the car right. doesn't change, what it's doing, like it might not be doing as well that day. Yeah. There might be some like mechanical problem, or you yeah. Know. By by nature, it has to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got like the guys that you know just buy whatever newest McLaren comes out every year, and that's the big draw. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I mean, that's that is one. That, that that's part of the part of another. That's <laughs> that's part of the part of the appeal, I guess. It's a, that's but that's part of the the industry. That's part of the industry is the wrong word, but that's part of the culture of cars. Is like, you can do whatever the hell you want, and I will absolutely never begrudge a single person their enjoyment of their vehicle. You know, yeah. it's it's like I, I, at I, least you're I, into it at all. I remember yeah. very clearly driving down Patterson Avenue one time. Top off in the Miata, you know, and just cruising and pull up next to like this enormous lifted uh, uh, Ram 2500, like uh, Cummins motor, like big, low, like blah, 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 right? And the, dude, the dude's got a passenger, uh, and this dude, the guy leans out the window right as I'm pulling away at the, at the green light or whatever and just goes, it's like, whoa. whoa, like, what? Like, that story went the exact opposite <laughs> way. I thought this was going to be a positive happy yeah. story. No, no, not at all. He just like, and I'm like, I, I like looked over at him, like confused, like, like, I love diesel trucks, bro. Let's, yeah. like, yeah. let's pull into the Dairy Queen and let me ask you all about your trip. But like, you just are judgy for no reason. Like, yeah. I don't know. But I, so I'll never begrudge anybody their, their enjoyment of their car or their, what they're into or anything like that. But. Uh, yeah, it's even just if not they do me. just drive it from the garage 
to the show. Yeah. Even those those high dollar cars, there's they're seen so rarely, at least around here. That right. It, it it is an opportunity just to go and see them. That's true. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see a new Ford GT, especially when the, the local guy gets his. That's yeah, something I, mean, I will. I think go he's already got his, doesn't he? Really, Terry? Yeah, I, think I think so. He, I think he's maybe, maybe that's the, that hadn't been the one you saw. Maybe, maybe yeah, yeah. Because I I mean I think that we only get one here. Like I mean yeah. I don't know that. I'm we pretty get sure you got one, and I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure that McLaren is his too. The 720, probably purple purple one. What I mean is like the way those kinds of car sales go is like certain dealerships only get certain allocations um, like, to be able to sell um, those vehicles. Okay. And I think I'm, I could be wrong and I, I think I'm basing this off one. of like 13 year old information at this point, but I think that we only get like in what I mean by that is the Richmond market can really only support like one or, yeah. mm-hmm. or two of those, you know, kind of things. So it makes them all the more rare, you know, to be able to, to be able to see something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, on other times, like, you know, people with, that can afford one of those can afford to get one shipped in from wherever. It doesn't, sure. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Right. I remember there was a story back when the first gen Ford GT came out back in the early 2000s that the one of the local dealerships got one in and a dude came in, like, the day they were unloading it off the delivery truck and paid, like, cash for it. Yeah. Like, just straight up got it that day one. Yeah. It's weird how that works, and then, like, there's still, like, 35 LFAs that have been unsold around the country. Yeah. Right now, which is weird. Nobody cares yeah. about it because there's a Lexus badge on it. I guess. That was one of the best cars ever. I agree. It was really expensive. <laughs> it was heinously expensive. Like $350,000 or something like that. Yeah. That's that's a lot for a Lexus yeah. badge. Mm-hmm. So, do either of you <laughs> have any um, unpopular car opinions? Oh, I have so many. Uh, so, like, <laughs> so what I, what I mean by that is is um, opinions that we might the three of us share, but <laughs> wouldn't necessarily be popular with the with the the car community as a whole. I'm sure that Jordan has many. <laughs> my, my thoughts on the Aztec. I don't know if I've met anyone else that, <laughs> that doesn't oh, hate I the Aztec. Yes, I knew exactly that that's where this was going to be going. <laughs> I really liked it a lot. <laughs> my, I, when it comes to the Aztec for me, which I think is worse in some cases, I don't love or hate it. I just don't care about it. We it had is... this discussion about the Honda Pilot. Really? <laughs> Thank you, brought up something about a Honda Pilot. I was no. like, how do you have any feelings, positive or negative, about a Honda Pilot? I hate those vehicles. I don't, I don't know why. I just, like, every time I get in one or see one or, like, know somebody that owns one, I'm just like, why? Why did you not buy literally anything else? I just don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why anybody would choose to own that vehicle? <laughs> There's just nothing to it. I don't know. I don't understand. What did it do? What did it do to incur such hatred? It wounded me. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't have an explanation. I just like I don't. It's just so. It's so mediocre, and it's so bland, and it's yeah. so middle of the road, and like. I'd take one over a Murano or okay. like a Highlander. Okay. okay, but those are objectively bad. 
Not really. For what they do, they're fine. That's why they sell like hotcakes. I don't know. I just. <sighs> I'm trying to think of some opinions that I have that are generally unpopular. How do you feel about Subaru Bajas? <laughs> I love them. I, I mean, they're unique. I mean, I don't, I don't love them. Don't hate them. I've never spent any time with one. Sure. So like, sure. it's kind of unfair for me to have much of an opinion. I think that. Um... Small block Chevrolet engines are overused. I mean, I think that's pretty widespread these days. I don't. Uh, I just like. Okay, the LS1 is a good motor. We get it. Like, do well, so, something else, so some, please. Some, what needs to happen? Do is something somebody else. Somebody else needs to make a motor that is also cheap, reliable, powerful, and fits in anything. <laughs> there's not. There's nothing else. I guess so. I just like ah. Uh, Every, it feels like every time we go to Hyperfest, there it's like all the drift cars are LS. It's just all LS motors, yeah, all the time. And I, I guess I get it. I guess because it's so much more expensive to like yeah. take take like a Coyote motor and and give it you know six hundred horsepower is going to cost you two or three times as much as an LS motor. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's probably not going to fit in as many things because it's a wide dual overhead cam motor. Again, I get it, but like. I don't know. I, I I totally understand where you're coming from, but it also it's like there's not really a good alternative. So I mean, what are you gonna do? I don't know. Yeah. I know the uh, that Hellcat motor swaps are starting to become a thing because people are crashing Hellcats left and right. Oh good. <laughs> but uh, even that motor, that motor is so physically large, you're very yeah. limited as that to what you can put it in. Enormous. Yeah, my um my best friend has a. Uh... Chrysler 300 SRT8. Ooh, that's a good car. And I, he he had to have his engine rebuilt for for some reason or another. Um, I want to say that uh, something with one of the piston rings. But regardless, he had it rebuilt, and I can't remember how it came up. But he goes just in general, not just the size. It's just more expensive to fix mm-hmm. than than an LS. Just, just in general, he he says it's like nickels and dimes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're similar, but they're, it just happens to be more expensive for some reason. He, I mean, yeah. he could have broke it down for me. Maybe I just stopped paying attention. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's always been the case with Mopar in general, though. Yeah. I feel like even like old school Mopars are much more expensive to to do stuff with than like an old Chevy or you could see that or a Ford. Yeah. I also think drifting is overrated. I'm kind of with you. There's a drift event in Richmond. Today, today. That's, yeah. what, that's where that's where Pierce is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about going one of these days. Just it was. I thought it was supposed to rain all day, so I mm. I didn't want to try and get out there. Because mm-hmm. drifting in the rain is just boring. You don't you don't get the tire smoke. They're not revving the engines as hard, yeah. and everybody's going slower. For a person that likes, I don't know if there's a name for the type of sport where it is judgment based. You know, like exhibition, yeah. maybe like like figure skating. I mean, not. I, I'm not saying I like figure skating. I don't necessarily, but like it's okay if you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a safe place. Um, but like that type of sport where it's mm-hmm. it's you know down to the judge to decide, and there's yeah, not like it's empirical, com- completely like, subjective. Yeah, yeah. like I I actually like a lot of those sports. Like I I nerd out about gymnastics every time it's around. You know, in the Olympics mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I, but for some reason, like drifting, it just 
doesn't do it for me. I don't, I don't know. It's like I some of the not so some of the objective things. It's like how close can you come to a barrier? Or mm-hmm. The the angle when you enter a corner, things mm-hmm. like that. I get, but then like style. It's yeah. Like, it's like how how can you kind of judge that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was watching yesterday. Like, uh, there's a there's um, it's not a global time attack. It's um. One of the, the North American Time Attack series is having an event at uh, Circuit of the Americas mm-hmm. this year, or this weekend in Texas, and uh, I was watching the live stream of it yesterday, and as much as I love the idea of Time Attack, because the cars are crazy and the drivers are crazy, and mm-hmm. it's really, really cool, it is not a spectator sport, because you've got all the cars out there, but they have really long distances between each other, Yeah, and it's just like, it's not really <laughs> fun to watch at all. Yeah. So... I'm a, I'm I'm gonna get to what you said, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna let you finish. But <laughs> uh, what Steve was saying about uh, style, like uh, if I was a drift judge, right, and you came down the hill in your LS powered 240, you know, uh, like I don't care what you could like reverse entry turns. It's like ah, whatever. It's another you know LS powered 240, but like. Get the guy out there in the in the you know Lexus GS chassis or whatever with the you know uh, Ford pickup truck yeah, right. or, or, or you know Clayton in his in his four uh, AGZE you know eight uh, six you know mm-hmm. like I I feel like vehicle style will play too big of a I'm with you you know what I mean for me I'm I'm the same way like at Hyperfest watching the professionals drift yeah. is. Way less fun than watching like garage mm-hmm. built, like budget builds yeah. go around. I, that, I, that's one thing that um, kind of bums me out about Hyperfast now is mm-hmm. that they're all more top end instead yeah. of grassroots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish that I love I love going to Hyperfest and watching the drifting there is kind of interesting. Um, if you're there with somebody who really enjoys drifting, it is fun to watch. But I wish that it was more. I do wish there was more grassroots. I think that'd be way more interesting. Um, I but I also wish that it wasn't in a location that made it difficult to watch, like Patriot Course. Like Patriot Course, it's really hard to actually see what is happening. Because I think in a lot of times changes. because of the elevation change and because and trees like, in the middle, because you're sitting at a fence and like they're coming in from like your extreme right, you know, right hand side, and it's like hard to really see. I wish that there was like on flat ground and it was like you know we had there was a hill that you could look down into you know a flat yeah. you know i guess what i'm imagining is more like uh gymkhana you know or, or the the sport known as gymkhana not the <laughs> ken block videos. ken block videos known as gymkhana like you know I, I wish that it was more you know more technical and more mm-hmm. um Easy, easy to view. I think I might get more excited yeah. about it if it was hmm. just easier to watch. But that's the only drift event that I ever go to. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, take that all that with a. That might soul. actually be a, a nice thing about the ones at RIR. I haven't been to one yet, mm. but like it's such a small parking lot. There's like you can see the whole thing for yeah. the most part. Yeah, from like I think they put up grandstands now, so you can probably actually see a lot of it. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, but you what was it you said? Oh, you were saying you're saying it not being a spectator sport, right? Yeah, and like, I, again, we we have said this like three or four times, but I think the most fun that I've ever had at at an event was at Hyperfest watching the freaking 
lawnmower, lawnmower racing dudes oh, just go yeah. balls to the wall against each other. <laughs> it is so much fun. <laughs> Steve, Steve wasn't here last last week when we recorded, but um, I talked about... Uh, actually, I think the other two were gone by the time we talked about yeah. this, but um, we talked we talked for a minute about uh, this these guys down in North Carolina that have a YouTube channel where they just build like crazy go-karts and like these ridiculous projects and stuff like that. One of the things they did was built uh, a lawnmower, you know, essentially. Mm-hmm. They they built a vehicle on the chassis that used to be a lawnmower, uh, I should say. Uh, and it, they, ended, they like reached some crazy speeds with it and all this. But the point, the whole point of the story was that I can't, I cannot help but imagine that the lowest barrier to entry for wheel-to-wheel racing with my friends has to be lawnmowers. There's yeah. there's not another... like Because you can get a riding lawnmower for like $100, right? Yeah. And if we just take the decks off, we're racing. You know what I mean? Take yeah. the decks off and wear helmets and I've, like... I've and tried like, it. Have you? Have you um, really? Not, not actually <laughs> wheel-to-wheel racing, up. but... So back in my uh, my teens, me and my best friend that had the, has the uh, mm-hmm. Chrysler 300... Mm-hmm. My parents had just gotten a new lawnmower, mm-hmm. and the old one still worked okay. It was it was just old. The deck right. was starting to rot through a little bit. Yeah. And so I asked my dad, I was like, can I try and make this thing fast? Because mm-hmm. I, I saw one fly down the road when I was at school one day. Yeah. And I was like, that is awesome. I yeah. want to do that. So I took their old lawnmower, and the easiest way to kind of do it is to reverse the pulleys. Right. When it's on the engine, the one that goes towards the back wheels. So we did that, and I, I had to screw with something. I think the, the keyways were different for the pulleys. Sure. But when I finally did it and got it running, it was faster, but not so much faster. It was like it made mowing the lawn maybe a little bit more fun. But I think <laughs> the max speed I ever it ever got to at that point was like a like fifteen twenty. No, no, you. So I, I can like run at like 15 miles an hour so i think it got up to maybe 10 no (laughs) so it it was you could still mow the lawn at that Mm -hmm. speed but it wasn't really that fun and i was really really bummed so the only (laughs) the only ridiculous lawnmower story i have is from the tolliver's house uh of course it is (laughs) i'm sure you would not be surprised one day sean and david and i were bored well working on something right and so um uh were you there the day that we found the bb gun Pro- yeah, it, I think the, so. It, like, <clears throat> almost in the woods, like, yeah. ba- half buried. Mm-hmm. We found this, like, old pump, like, Red Rider yeah. BB gun, right? <laughs> and we're like, I wonder if it works. So David went and got, like, some BBs and, like, loaded up with the BBs and, like, three pumps and pow! Works perfect. It's like, what the heck, right? Where did this thing come from? So we, we set up uh, aluminum cans on, like, a on like a fence post, like a mm-hmm. low, or actually pretty low down uh, low level fence post and got on the, 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 we turned it into a game, right? So the game was you get on the lawnmower, you put it in first gear, let the clutch out and just roll, right? Just idle along and try to shoot the can as you're driving, <laughs> as you're driving towards it. And like, you don't, you almost don't have enough time before you're going to hit the fence to hit all of the cans. So you're like trying to pump it and like, get, but it gets easier and easier and easier as you go closer. So you're like furiously trying to pump the thing and shoot the gun, trying to pump it in them. Like you misload a BB and it's like, ah, that didn't work. And, it's like, <laughs> and so you get, you get to the point where like, you're almost going to hit the fence and then you have to jerk, jerk the wheel really hard because you're not touching the steering wheel the whole time. Or you're like driving with your elbow. Or something like that. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Oh man! <laughs> but man, freaking lawnmower racing, dude! I just 
I can't. I, it ha- like, I want to do it so badly with my friends, but I can't. I can't. And I'm saying this for Steve's benefit because I've recorded this at least twice already. I feel like, but I can't. I cannot imagine an easier way to do it, like an easier way to race with my friends, right? Yeah. But I also can't ask any of my friends with actual race cars. To, <laughs> to build a lawnmower. You know what I mean? Like I can't I can't like it doesn't it doesn't work. Like I'd have to essentially just supply everything for everybody. Like I'm gonna go buy forty lawnmowers and we're gonna go race them, you know what I mean? And then Briggs grab another one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Like quick change like in the in the pits. Everybody gets three lawnmowers. Why are we racing that there are pits? Are you talking Don't fast, shit on my dreams? Lawnmowers? Are you talking fast lawnmowers? Because in order to make one fast, you'd have to pretty much buy um, like cart, yeah, cart yes, materials yes. for them. And I I do understand that, and because like those those racing lawnmowers run like they're pretty quick. I know they're essentially front engine go karts. Yeah, yeah, like shifter carts. I understand. I understand. So I'm not. I, I have accepted the fact that we will never get to that one. Okay? I want to, but I've accepted the fact that we'll never get there. But. Um, this is just going to be a recurring theme on the show. I don't care. I'm passionate about this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But literally anything. We could go five miles an hour and I think it would be hilarious. (laughs) Right? I I cannot imagine laughing harder at any other form of of racing. And that's just what I... It it brings me joy just thinking about it. So how much better is it going to be to actually do it? You know? We just need... Somebody that has land, essentially. Or, um, a, or even like old ATVs. Like old four wheelers? Yeah. I mean, those are much faster and more. Could be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be fun. And it, like, uh, okay, if, let's say we get, you know, the three of us and two more people and we're going to do this, right? Even if I bought everything, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm out $500 worth of lawnmowers. And if we don't have fun. <laughs> Craigslist. Like, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> that or everybody just gets a riding lawnmower and their yards are easier to mow now. Like, I, I, please God. I was going to say, if I, if I came into possession of a riding lawnmower, that's what I would use it for, is mowing my goddamn lawn. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm going to open a company and just build riding lawnmowers. Do it, man. Racing mowers. I don't know. It's just, you won't. You're right, I won't. Um, <laughs> you're lying record time. <clears throat> oh, man. I drove... Um, my So my brother used to live on a piece of property out in the counties. Uh, he, he had seven acres and probably th- three and a half to four of it was fenced and, like, grassy. Mm-hmm. And so it was, like, to, to mow his lawn was, like, ridiculous, right? So he bought one of the, like, big John Deere, like, zero-turn... Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're steering with two giant paddle things, right? Uh, and it still took them like three hours. Right? So, uh, but I was over there one day when they were they were thinking about moving, and he was like, "Have you ever driven my lawnmower?" I was like, "No." He's like, "It's lots of fun. You should totally do it." <laughs> so he got it out of the got it out of the barn, and I like drove it around in the yard and stuff like that, and was like, "Yeah, this is sweet." And it's like, I swear the thing had like fifty horsepowers and like that. It was like super fast. It was awesome. So. Uh, I, I don't I don't think we took the deck off. I don't remember. But um 
I was just driving it around, driving it around, and like you notice, like it, it's pretty responsive. Like the throttle is amazingly responsive. You wouldn't think it would be, but it's like the tires don't slip. There's no, like it's like as soon as you press it forward, it's like you're, yeah. you could almost be like pushed back in the seat yeah. right by this thing. So, I, you know, I, I did a couple laps around the yard, and he was like, I, at first it was going real slow because I'd never driven anything with that type of steering yeah. or anything like that. And he was like, oh, you're not even driving it fast. He's like, watch this. And he jumps in and is like, bah, 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 like doing like, almost like doing donuts through the yard and stuff like that. <laughs> like going down these crazy hills, but it doesn't tip over because all the weight's like four inches off the ground or whatever. But um, it was just, it was ridiculous. So anyways, I, I got back on it and drove it a little bit faster and everything like that. And then we're, he was like, all right, let's, you know, let's go inside and eat or whatever we're going to do. So I pulled back into the driveway and he opens up the garage door to put it back in the, in the shed thing or whatever um and i'm down at the bottom of the driveway or like slightly down the hill the driver was like what if this thing will do a burnout like i wonder if i could get it to like actually spin yeah. the tires or something like that yeah. so i'm just like sitting still and i get this weird look on my face and he like looks at me all significantly <laughs> and i just slam the throttle forward and the thing did a wheelie like slam back down i was like <gasps> I'm so sorry. He's like, what are you doing? That, that is what I'm doing. Like, I wanted to see if it would do a burnout. <laughs> he was like, good thing I'm selling this. Oh, man. I watched my dad do a wheelie on a lawnmower once. Yeah. It was awesome. It was, it was a super old one. I mean, before the engine was even in the front. So, how it was, you basically sat on a thing. You had to get the... I guess it would be the clutch and the gas. Yeah. And then there was a steering wheel between your legs, but nothing else in front of you. Yeah. You had your seat, but then the engine was behind the seat. Yeah. And we got it for my grandpa. My dad got it at a flea market. The thing probably hasn't ran in 25 years. My, I told you, my dad's this weird genius and knows a little bit of everything. Within 30 minutes, he had it up and running, and he was doing wheelies in our driveway. And it was so easy because you just let off the clutch, and since the engine was already behind you, yeah. it would just go. <laughs> he was doing wheelies like a foot in the air <laughs> through the driveway. And back then, I mean, the thing was made out of like thin steel. Yeah. Like, he was like on the verge of rusting. <laughs> I'm like, it's going to break in half. I was like, be careful. But yeah, long wars are pretty awesome. It's, it's, it's so funny, like... Being car enthusiast, I feel like anything that has an engine That's what I'm saying. has the possibility of being fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll race anything that has a motor. <laughs> like, anything that's not human-powered, I'll race it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <clears throat> Just, well, I think I got out, guys. Okay, buddy. Well, all right. <clears throat> it was awesome to have yeah, you. Yeah, this was fun. Like I, like I said, I thought this the podcast thing, I've never done it before, so I was like, man, I'm going to have to think of cool things to say, and it's... It, it's nope. not. It's like it's not even there. It's yeah, like I'm yeah. sitting talking with my buddies. Yep. <laughs> so. that's, that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. Like, well, well, that's kind of our whole. I don't know who's gonna want to listen to it, but yeah, it's there. I mean, I know like some of my favorite podcasts are just this, just people sitting around talking about mm -hmm. car yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I don't I actually don't even listen to very many podcasts, none related to cars, I believe. I don't listen to any car-related podcasts. I, I used to listen to a couple maker podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to a triathlon podcast, and I think that like Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. I don't know what to call that besides just a podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He goes over a lot of different areas. Yeah. 
I love the people <clears throat> that he gets on there, though. They're so diverse and all interesting. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, I will bro. see you later. Thanks, for over, Thanks audience, for all, all two of you. <laughs> <laughs>